What has changed with the fire department in the past year, and has any of it had to do with the bankruptcy proceedings? Yeah, well, the fire department got uh, a good chunk of the $110 million that came out of the quality of life loan that came from the bankruptcy. So with the bankruptcy loan, the city was able to get uh, new fire engines and new squads, which were desperately needed. And they were able to fix some of their fire stations that had been overcome with asbestos and other problems. And they were able to get some of their badly needed uh, ladder trucks fixed. And all of that money came from loans that came out of the bankruptcy. What what did that really do on a practical scale? I mean, have you seen any change as far as the capability or ability of some of these firefighters to actually um, do their jobs appropriately and, and be able to, to fight the fires? Yeah, well, I think the problem is that the equipment was getting so old and the firefighters were relying on uh, trucks that hadn't been, that hadn't received any preventative maintenance. maintenance. So by the time the money came around, these rigs were in such deplorable condition that it was that even the money that they got the 12 million dollars the 15 million dollars to fix these rigs and to get new ones just wasn't enough mm-hmm. so they were able to see somewhat of an increase but they're still you know their ladder trucks are still 15 years old and they're on their last leg um half of the fire engines uh are still very old and um you still see uh, basic things like air bottles, um, you know, that aren't certified, and all of these other safety equipment hmm. that's not being f- fixed yet. Um, but the fire department, I would say, is better off today because of the loan from the bankruptcy. Um, but I wouldn't say just because of the bankruptcy itself. Well, even in the past couple months, I've seen. Um pictures that you've taken or stories that you've covered where there were broken down trucks or major issues. Uh, how how prevalent is that kind of thing where there's such a sort of catastrophic issue that's preventing a fire from, from being taken down? Yeah, it's almost impossible to find a case in which firefighters weren't impeded by uh, either a broken down rig, a defective ladder truck, a broken hydrant, poor water flow. There's almost always a problem when firefighters get to a fire. It's either their equipment's not properly working, their rigs aren't properly working, uh, the water pressure's not on. Um, you still have this, you know, the water that they depend on to put out the fires is still inside these brittle aging um, underground, you know, the underground sewer and, mm-hmm. and water pipes. So with that stuff still not fixed, it's very difficult to fix some of the the big problems in the fire department. Well, one of the issues that you've done a really great job of covering are these broken down hydrants. I know that you really combat, you had a sort of combative relationship with the city on trying to get official records about hydrants. They were saying, I think, 70 or something in the double digits, but you yeah. found that it was it was four digits long or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, the city originally said that there were only about 68 bad hydrants, and I know I had seen that many just driving around and um, ended up doing a, a, a random sample and found out that there were, uh, you know, 1,000 to 2,500 bad hydrants. And we sued the city to get the record of bad hydrants and found out that, in fact, there were at least 2,000 um, broken hydrants at a time when they were saying there were only, um, you know, about 68. 
And to the city's credit, they have, um, under Mayor uh, Duggan, they have spent a lot of time fixing the hydrants, getting the crews that they need uh, in order to test the hydrants to make sure that they're flowing properly. But the problem is there's still a big infrastructure problem, and that's the underground water pipes just can't support the water pressure needed to put out a lot of fires. Well, when you're talking about something as emergent as fires, something that is taking up resources that the city really needs to dedicate resources to because you can't just have fires and buildings burning everywhere. Um, But then hydrants, although they are necessary to fight those fires, it almost seems like when you're talking about a cash-strapped city, a broken fire hydrant, it's almost a gamble. It's like, well, we don't really have money to go take care of all of these. Yeah. So how much of that are you seeing where the, there's sort of that roll of the dice do you feel like is happening because of the city being cash-strapped? Yeah, I mean, the city is denying that it's picking which hydrants it's going to fix and which it's sure. not. But it's very clear from the records that the poor neighborhoods and the ones that have a lot of abandoned houses and the ones that are actually, because of the large number of abandoned houses, are uh, targets of arson more than other right. areas. Um, those areas don't. Ha- that is, those areas tend to have more broken hydrants than other areas. So you're still seeing this great divide. Um, you still see like the poor neighborhoods aren't receiving anywhere near the adequate adequate services um, that something like Midtown or Downtown or some of the the better improving neighborhoods are getting. So you know you there's uh, we found out that there were brand new hydrants placed in one area. And uh, this was a good thing, but uh, the people who put the new hydrants in forgot to turn the water valve back on to ah. keep the, the yes. so the hydrants wouldn't even work. Is this a problem that you can tell from records has been going on for a long time? Sort of, how far can you track back where it became sort of an explosive issue? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell how long it's gone back because the Duggan administration claimed that they lost all of the hydrant records from October 2014 and before that. So all of these hydrant records are mysteriously missing. So we don't, it's very difficult to tell how serious the problem was in the past, but um, comparing it to just three years ago, um, we, you know, took a look at how many Fi- how many how many times firefighters were impeded by fire hydrants say three years ago versus now and right now you know they're still they're seeing that a lot more now than they ever had in the past hmm. and is there anything to attribute that to I think you know a, a large part pro- problem is they're they're realizing how brittle the water pipes are so that while they're trying to deal with that issue you have this delicate balancing act where you have to determine how much water pressure can we give firefighters without blowing a hole in the in the water pipes. Hmm. So the city has tried to give firefighters more water pressure but by doing so that's causing water mains to you know to to burst and into flood areas and then once that happens then you, you know you have problems getting more water pressure. Well, are we talking about um, sort of an infrastructure that's currently aging out as we speak? It's sort of like watching the Ambassador Bridge crumble right now, yeah, you know? Yeah. It wasn't supposed yeah. to last as long as it has. Is that the case comparatively then with the with the water system that it's now just sort of crumbling because it's reached its limit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a system that wasn't getting preventative maintenance and now it really needs replaced and, you know, the city uh, doesn't have the money 
to fix all of this. So right, you know, the the first water pipes that they fixed were downtown and midtown, the Cass Corridor, uh, and then they started springing out to other neighborhoods. But you know, the poorer neighborhoods, uh, the areas uh, at 48205 where Houston, Whittier, and Gratiot, and a lot of the Southwest areas, uh, those those areas haven't been touched yet, and they have none of none of the water pipes have been improved. So you're seeing uh, fires break out in those areas in one house, and by the time firefighters are able to find water with any sort of pressure, a lot of times those fires are spreading to multiple houses, and you're so it sort of it really underscores this issue of having two different cities. I mean, the bankruptcy has allowed the the freeing up of money through a loan, and it's and it's uh, made sure that the city doesn't have to worry about these um, this long term debt anymore. But a lot of the new investment is is disproportionately going into the better neighborhoods and downtown and midtown rather than um, the areas where there are lower income people. Steve Neveling is our guest right now. He's the publisher of Motor City Muckraker. Steve, how did you get interested in fire coverage? Uh, you know, I have I was always really appreciative that you um, uh, took it on when I felt like newspapers weren't really able to do it anymore. Did that, was that some of the impetus where you knew that there was this void that needed to be filled, or how, how did that begin for you? Yeah, well, I started out, I had a friend who liked taking pictures of uh, fires, and I went along with him and was struck at how many times firefighters lost control of fires because their hoses broke or the hydrants didn't work or they didn't have enough rigs to respond or the the aerial ladder didn't raise. And I couldn't believe how significant the problems were. So as I started talking to firefighters, I realized that there were problems from, you know, <laughs> they're living in firehouses with asbestos and black mold and, mm-hmm. you know, sewage rising up in the ground. And then they go to fires and, and, you know, their trucks will often break down or their pumps don't work, their hoses will break. And, um, you know, there's only so many times you can see a body getting carried out mm-hmm. or, or um, you know, people losing their their home because a fire hydrant didn't work or because, uh, you know, the equipment didn't work properly. Before you realize, like there's there's this very serious problem and it needs to be addressed. So, I thought instead of what a lot of journalists will do, which is you know you know a week or two of stories, uh, is sort of take a, a, a real deep dive into it for an entire year and see how it plays out and see whether or not the problem gets worse or better, and see how the city addresses those issues. And it's been a, re- a very revealing process for me because it's. I saw just how entrenched some of the problems were. Um, it, it was well, very glaring. Do you think that that's sort of um, exemplary then of it's just a piece of the puzzle here in the city? Do you view it as something that you're covering in depth that speaks to more city issues? Yeah, I think so. I mean, fires are always a good indicator of the health of a city. And when you see a lot of fires and, and an inability to put out the fires and to arrest people who are are setting them. Um, it's you know the, this issue is sort of connected to everything else. You know the uh, viability of neighborhoods. As soon as a house burns down, um, it starts. You know insurance rates go up and um, the property values go down. People want to move out and it's sort of this vicious cycle. So um, you know fires are a very 
critical part of what makes the city, you know, what make what what creates a quality of life in the city. So um, the fires are affecting um, everything from the tax base to the number of people living here. And if you don't have the tax base, then you can't provide police services and you know some of the other critical services. And fires are contributing to that. I guess lastly, I just wanted to ask, what have you learned about the city of Detroit that you it was maybe surprising by covering fires? I think the issue that's probably been the most surprising and, and frustrating is that um, this issue with the fire department has been ongoing since the 70s. And uh, it hasn't improved. You know, there are, a f- there are fewer fires today than there were in the 80s, but there are far fewer firefighters than there were in the 80s. So in a lot of ways, the fire department's busier now than it was in in the 80s because they don't have the firefighters. And hmm. to look at the culture within the fire department and the mismanagement that existed for you know three, four decades, and to see that it, it continued and it continued and it continued um, was really frustrating to see. Uh, and you know, finally, Mayor Duggan um, decided that he was going to come up with an out of the you know sort of out of the box um, solution, which was to pick a fire commissioner who was outside of the fire department, outside of that culture that um, experts have said was you know was an inept uh, administration for many many years and had that had no accountability. Um, so you know Mayor Duggan finally made this uh, outside the box appointment of a former assistant police chief to take over the fire department mm-hmm. and uh, Eric Jones who who is the the new fire commissioner has done a phenomenal job uh, and he's you know like me was just absolutely shocked when he got in there to see that you know every aspect of the fire department was mismanaged hmm. and it wasn't just you know it wasn't just the money it was it was the management of the fire department and how they were spending the money that they had. How much, on average, does it cost the city when a structure burns to the ground? Well, it, it's it's difficult to say. I mean, you have the um, you have a lot of times these what will happen. Uh, there will be a house that will burn down, and the if it's an occupied house, the person will stop paying the taxes, and it'll end up in the city's hands. Oh, right. And then the land bank will have to take care of it. Um, so you know, the city has to deal with everything from putting out the fire. Uh, then the ta- the, oftentimes the house is is tax foreclosed uh, if it if it wasn't already city owned and then the city takes has to take care of it in uh, from the land bank and you know the land bank uh, the price of the land bank demolitions are going up so you know, you're looking at sixteen thousand dollars to demolish mm-hmm. this sort of charred rubble that's left and it's um, you know it, it it's it's very costly just in in those terms and then not not to mention how much it cost uh when you're when you're looking at neighborhoods um sort of thinning out uh because people don't want to live you know among these fired ruin fire ruins anymore so there's the tangible and the intangible yeah, yeah. exactly steve neveling thank you so much thank you so much